I've always loved being outdoors. I've loved being outside, even, you know, when we're little kids. That's what we do, right? We play outside. There's something about the outside that we want to explore. We want to see the next coolest thing. We want to turn over rocks. We want to turn over logs and look for salamanders and worms and all that stuff. Um, anyway, I'm inspired sitting out here. I'm very blessed, very fortunate to be able to be out here on a lake in Maine, outside of Rangeley, Maine with my family. Just took a quiet moment. Uh, the rental property had a little, a couple of little old kayaks. I took one out here this morning, just sort of sitting in the middle of this big, beautiful lake. And it's just so calm, so quiet. And I'm paddling along and <clears throat> I saw this big, beautiful, it was, it was picturesque. I saw this big, beautiful bald eagle come out of a pine tree and, and just, just, I don't know, just kind of float away, you know, into the scenery and, uh, you know, in the background are the, the mountain peaks. I see the blue sky after a rainy day yesterday is a beautiful, clear blue sky. You got the moon overhead and it, it sort of got me a little bit teary-eyed just because it was so darn beautiful um and i think that's what they mean by being in awe being with god or you know whatever it is you believe in but just feeling that incredible sense of awe and magnificence of it all you know you just sort of feel i'm literally looking around me now and, and there's nobody else on this lake nobody and you know you'd think well it's a, it may feel spooky but it isn't spooky. It's more like you feel like you're part of something bigger. You're part of the whole thing. You're part of the whole system. You're part of nature. And I think that's an important distinction for all of us to to think about anyway, is that, um, you know, we're all part of the big picture. Everything in existence is made of energy and atoms and electrons and molecules and all that stuff, right? We can't see it because we don't have the electron microscope, but, but we're all made of that. This lake, the trees, the sky, me, this plastic paddle, this plastic kayak, the clothing I'm wearing, everything's all just a, an assembly of different molecules and particles and things. But I'm telling you, if you get yourself out in nature regularly and try if you can, try to find as best as you can a nice quiet spot doesn't have to be a lake in the middle of Maine. Well, that doesn't hurt, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> um, if you can find a quiet spot, a quiet path, a nature path, because I've been equally inspired on nature paths, nature walks. Um, and if you can't find that, sometimes if you can put on some headphones and put on some nature music and just find a quiet place in your home or where you live, close your eyes and get into a very comfortable position and just breathe gently and imagine, use your imagination to imagine you're in a beautiful environment. Um, I saw my father-in-law last night listening to a, um, there was a nature, uh, nature video on YouTube. You just looked up, uh, Zen, Zen nature and nice, nice silent flutes and waterfalls trickling. And he fell asleep or relaxed a deep relaxation within 30 seconds. So, you know, he wasn't out here on the lake, um, but he was in his mind. He was in the lake and he was relaxed, but man, I'm telling you, if you can get out in nature, and sort of put yourself at the mercy of being in 
nature. Um, what does that mean? I mean, just sort of like, don't try to do anything. Make it a meditative experience by, by just sitting with nature. I'm imagining this lake is holding me up, which it is because I'm floating on it. And uh, the sun's beating down on me, providing energy to myself and all other things. And just be mindful. Mindful and aware of, of your location, of your setting. Make it a meditative experience. When you, when you start thinking of things, just let that stuff go because those are just thoughts. But when you're out here in nature, you don't really have to think of much. If you're fortunate enough to have sight, use the sight. Look around you and just absorb the beautiful scenery. If you're fortunate enough to have smell, the sense of smell. You know, sometimes I can get the fragrance of the pine trees coming off the water. Or the, the fire in the distance from the, um, you know, the bonfires, the outdoor little campfires. If you have the ability to feel, focus on the sense of feeling in your body, and your skin. Right now I can feel the cool wind blowing across the hairs of my arms. I can feel the heat from the sun on my body, on my face. I can feel myself sitting in the kayak. I can feel the slight sensations of the kayak rocking gently. If you're, if you're fortunate enough to have hearing, which you probably do because you can hear me right now, but if you're in nature, if you focus, if you just relax focus, not tight focus, relaxed focus, you can actually hear things like, I can hear the wind. I can hear a slight waterfall in the distance, a light bit of water. I can hear a leaf blower. I can hear a chainsaw. I can hear the drips of the water from the paddle dripping into the water. I can hear loons calling, birds tweeting. I'm looking at the ripples on the water. You just take some deep breaths. No matter where you are, just focus. That's why they say in meditation, focus on your breath, because the breath is obviously the most critical part of anything, really. I mean, without the breath, we're not much of anything, right? And you just relax and focus on the breath. Allow yourself to just breathe and focus on breathing, but not tightly, not tightly focusing on breathing, like, I must breathe. No, you just sort of, just watch it, be an observer. I think Jack Cornfield put it best when he, you know, he teaches what he taught, Ajahn Chah um, taught him about being the one who knows, the one who observes, observes everything, because that's who we really are. We're that, that, that spiritual essence that recognizes the recognizing, you know. We're not the person that judges the other person. We're not the person that craves and desires and things, although those are parts of us, right? But we're the observer of all of that. And what happens is when you're in a calm state or a meditative state or you're in nature, which helps me relax, it allows you to get in touch with the observer, the deeper sense of who you are, the deeper part of yourself, the one, as Jack Cornfield says, the one who knows. And that's important because it, it allows you to be 
closer to the core self of who you really are, of how God created you, you know, or whatever you believe in. It's how you were created. And that's the core. That's the essence of who you are. Because who are we without thought? Who are we without judgment? Who are we without ridicule? Who are we without, uh, you know, any, any kind of thought process whatsoever? And what we are, are the observer. Think of a little baby sitting, hopefully in a warm blanket, looking up at their mom or dad or up at the world. You're just observing. You come out into the world. When I saw our, each of our three kids being born and, you know, just looking, you know, although it was, you know, groggy-eyed, I'm sure, because they had ointment in their eyes when they are born, but they're looking. They're just looking. They're observing. What is this sensation? What is this? They're not thinking about breathing. They're not thinking about hating their neighbor. They're not thinking about the person that cut them off on the highway. They're not thinking about how, how ugly they think their hair is. You know, they're not thinking of any of that stuff. They're just observing because that's where we come from. That's the basis of, of everything. And I think that's the most important basis of nature here too, you know. It's a calm lake. It rained yesterday. It rained for a couple of days. Rain collects in the streams, the rivers, lakes, oceans. Trees know when to change their leaves' colors to store the energy in the roots, to drop the acorns to make more trees. Clouds passing by, see them in the distance, which clouds never die. Clouds are just constantly changing form, right? From vapor up to clouds and clouds into rain and rain into, you know, well, that's liquid. It's constantly changing form. Things are just constantly changing. And the reality is that that's all of this stuff, everything's going on around us, yourself included. Everything in life is just being done. And so the objective is that we connect with that. We, we just connect with it. And the reason we connect with it is because we're a part of it. And the whole objective, especially in Buddhism, is, you know, trying to uh, move away from suffering. You know, the Four Noble Truths, you know. The first noble truth is that there is suffering in the world. Number two, truth number two, is that there's a path to that suffering that makes you want to suffer. Right? And it's like things like clinging and delusional thoughts, so forth and so on. And then the third noble truth is that there is the cessation of suffering or moving away from suffering. And the way to move away from suffering is the fourth noble truth, which is the Eightfold Path, which is a series of, I would consider it like a toolbox. They're like the right tools for the right job. You know, right, they use the word right. And it's not like right or wrong, but it's the correct tool to use to move away from that. One of the things, I won't get into those right now, but primarily it's having the right view. One of them is the right view. And having the, uh, how do I say this, the practical view. If you want to live a more stress-free and less worrisome life. And part of that view is to see things as everything's just unfolding. Sitting with the now, sitting with everything's happening right now and just being with that. I am now being with the lake. I am literally being moved by the lake's ripples. I am part of this nature that surrounds me. The air that's around me, I'm breathing in. Graciously, the uh, Mother Earth is giving me this air to breathe. And I'm exhaling 
the carbon dioxide which the trees can participate in taking too. It's an exchange. How often have you breathed your breaths thinking that? Thinking, breathe in, thank you, nature. Thank you, Mother Earth. Thank you, God, for this breath in. And then on the exhale, how often have you ever did an exhale breath or exhale breathing exercise with love in your heart? Like, here here you go, back to you, Earth. <laughs> you know, thinking love in your heart. Sounds corny, but it's it's an amazing technique for breathing to give thanks for your breath, for your in-breath, for your exhale. It's an incredible and nourishing experience if you're able to do that. And it's very challenging to do in, in the world of things, right? When we're surrounded by, you know, a, a lot of negativity, um, people with people that don't see the way, people that aren't, aren't necessarily connected to their spiritual side. We're connected to the, the media, the news media, which can be very, very, very greedy uh, sometimes and harmful sometimes, right? We're just surrounded by all this. It can be very challenging. So the, the work that needs to be done is that we connect to our center. We connect to our deepest self, deepest sense of self. And if we can connect to that, we actually become not, well, I guess like experts, right? It's like a martial arts expert. The more you practice a form, the better your form is. The more you practice a, uh, a type of speech, a language, the better you get. So the more you practice with your spirituality, the better you become at that and the better that you're able to be in the world and and you are now a light unto the world if you read if you read the bible that's mentioned many many times in the christian bible and and other other scriptures too and other books too like the quran they talk about that with 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 god providing um the light that we're to bring unto the world if you're into that stuff um but it doesn't take any type of scripture to realize that, that, that we have the ability to be the best version of who we are, the absolute best for us, not for anybody else. We're not trying to impress anybody else. We're not trying to prove anything to anyone else. We're trying to be, capital B, okay, B-E, B, just be, and be the best version of yourself for yourself, when you have judgmentalness or anger or hatred, that's, that's yes, it's going to hurt other people, but it's going to hurt you first. It's going to hurt you a lot because you're carrying that negative energy inside your heart. I'm guilty of that every single day. But it's, it's the work that I choose to do to try to release the grip from some of that stuff so that I could be the best version of myself. That's why I'm sharing this stuff here. That's why I created Todd Zen website and Todd Zen podcast and, and other, uh, you know, books and other material that I do, I do because I, I love you, the people, because I love, I try, I want to love everybody and I want to love myself as best I can. And I want to share what I've learned. I've learned quite a lot and I continue to learn. And, and I think it's a, we we're in this together and I'm just, I just want to share my part. And I'm grateful that, uh, you know, that I've had friends and people involved in it and, you know, getting some of my material, you know, it's all nonprofit because it, it should, you know, in my opinion, you know, the spiritual stuff should not be for profit, uh, you know, for, for, I don't know, monetary gains and things. I mean, sometimes you have to make a living at it. That's different, but profit, you know, like, ah, I'm going to make a book and make lots of money, you know, and be greedy. No, it's, 
man, if you're able to share this experience, if I'm able to touch you in some way and you're able to get inside yourself and be the best version of yourself, man, that's, that's nothing makes me happier and nothing should make you happier. And once you start to feel even a teeny, what's wonderful about self-reflection and self-mindfulness and enlightenment is that if you can, if you can sample it once, it's kind of like taking a, a sip of a delicious drink or a bite of a delicious dessert, you know, that feeling you get. Well, self-enlightenment, if you taste it, it's just incredible. It just feels incredible, right? And it's free. It doesn't involve anything more than just a, a couple of breaths, a couple of thoughts away, and it's available all the time. And it lasts. Once you once you see it, it's like somebody once taught me this long time ago. It's kind of like the magician's trick. Once you learn the magician's trick, it's not the same anymore, you know? And, and you know, it's true with learning something that may be harmful or detrimental to you, that you finally, once you finally release the grip of anything you're addicted to, and you know what I'm talking about if you've experienced this, where it just, it's just not part of your life anymore. You're just letting it go. It's just, it's gone. It's done. I, I just, I have no inclination to want to be involved in that because it pulls me away from my true spiritual center, you know? And, and the same is true for um, spiritual enlightenment, spiritual awakening, is that if you can find that and hold that in your heart, it doesn't take a lot of effort because it's who you are. So it's almost like taking the veil off or clearing the fog away and just, it's kind of like I'm looking at the moon right now and the moon is my spiritual enlightenment. All the clouds shifted away, but even with the clouds there, the enlightenment's still there, AKA the moon, it's always there, right? And it's the same with your spiritual center, your God-centeredness, whatever you want to call it. It's there, it's always there. <sighs> so just getting out into nature, even if you can just imagine in your head quietly for a few minutes a day or several times a day if you can. I'm going to remember this moment, sitting on the lake, the bald eagle that flew by, the loon calling, the beautiful reflection of the trees and the mountains and the water, the very light, soft ripples on the water, the fresh, clean air. I'm going to remember this. You know, when I'm sitting quietly meditating, when I'm quote unquote back in the world, these are very, very wonderful experiences and I don't take them for granted and neither should you. Take any moment of peace as something very special, near and dear to your heart. But then regularly try to do that. It creates balance in your life. So try that for yourself as much as you can and continue to do the practice because if you do, you're going to see quite a bit of change happen very quickly. It doesn't take a lot of time, but you have to, here's the key. You have to have the intention, the willingness and the intention to say, ah, yes, I intend to be my balanced, perfect self that I was created to be. Start there. <laughs>